This is Kenny and Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. It is Kenny and Heilprin on a, a snow covered Tuesday. A snowy Tuesday. Winter is here. I'm Ben Kenny. That is Mr. Zach Heilprin. What's up, Zach? Not much, Ben. It's been, it, is a, it is a winter Tuesday here uh, in Wisconsin. People forget how to drive, no, things they, of that nature. They do sometimes. That's a though. In your case, it appears that that's all all the time. Eh, that's a conversation for another day, one that probably will pop up as this show goes along, as many things often do. Zach, I are you trying to say I hold on to things and don't ever let them go? That's part of it, mm. and uh, I, I tend to complain. All right, we're all there, and yeah, it gets hashed. I wanted to start this show on a somber note. Um, I, I don't think we could go and talk about the Wisconsin-Iowa game, which we will, the Wisconsin-Stanford basketball game, which we will, uh, without talking about what happened at Virginia on Sunday. And unspeakable tragedy, Virginia players, Lavelle Davis, Deshaun Perry, and then former Wisconsin wide receiver Devin Chandler were killed by a former Virginia player. I, I guess he was on the bus back from a field trip. I, I don't know. When it comes to the coverage of it, I urge everyone to go find local news there. I know Ross Dellinger, a, a national guy, has been over there covering it. I urge everyone to seek out coverage uh, in that route. But when it comes to this show, I just, like this Wisconsin team has, has been through so much, and I can't imagine what it's like for them, what it's like for any of the families. My, my thoughts are with everyone at Virginia, everyone here in the Wisconsin program, the families of the players. I... I don't know. I don't really know how else I can yeah. I can go about discussing it because it's it sucks. It's a it's a unspeakable tragedy, as I said. Yeah, and the fact that it is hitting as hard as it is at Wisconsin, I think, speaks to who Devin Chandler was. I mean, Devin Chandler hasn't been here for almost a year now, and yet th- these guys um, have such a tight relationship still with him. Um, We've seen all the videos of him dancing in the locker room. It was like anybody, if, if there was ever a down period within a locker room, it was Devin Chandler walking in the locker room and dancing and smiling. And uh, Jim Leonard said the day that he lit up a room every time he came in. And uh, he was a really special kid in, in terms of that and um, had had a lot brighter future, or I should say had a bright future um, that was taken away from him uh, on Sunday night. And it's, it it, uh, it has affected this Wisconsin team. Uh, they were getting ready to do a weightlifting uh, segment yesterday morning uh, when the news first came that it was that uh, the shooting had happened, um, and then very quickly after it got reported um, that it was Devin Chandler, everyone was sent home. And uh, it, this it feels like just the latest um, punch in the face. This one, obviously, the, the the toughest one that they've had to deal with. But obviously, losing Gary Brown, uh, the, the running backs coach. Paul Chris gets fired. You're having a season that's not the way it, everyone wanted it to be. And now uh, you lose um, a former teammate and a guy who's, you know, a lifelong friend for a lot of these guys. Uh, you think about a guy like Kurt Neal who went to the same school, same high school, um, and, and kind of viewed him as a big brother. Uh, Geo Piles also went to that, that same high school as, as Devin Chandler. So you can see how big of an impact he had on this program, despite the fact that he was only year, here for about a year and a half. Um, it's, uh, it's something that is going to stay with these guys. And it, it, it's so, so unfortunate that they're having to deal with it right now. Yeah. I, I urge everyone to keep 
everyone affected in your thoughts. There are also GoFundMes for the families uh, that you had retweeted the one for Devin Chandler's family. So find those um, on Twitter. I, I don't really know how to transition to talking about the football game, but I yeah, as as the rest of this season goes along, I, I mean, keep everyone affected in your thoughts. Keep the Wisconsin players in your thoughts. I don't. I was trying to think about how we go about this show, right? And I don't want to just jump in and talk about the Iowa football game. Um, there are much bigger things going on in life uh, than, you know, a, a game being played on a field. So, Well, and that's especially the – I mean, they were asked today. So we were expecting to talk with them yesterday, and then when the news came down, uh, Wisconsin canceled their normal Monday availability, and so everything got pushed to today. And how do you how do you pick up the – pieces of that and then start preparing for a game this week that's um extremely extremely difficult and yet nick herbig who you know was very emotional when when we got to talk to him said you know when you're on the field it's it's football and it kind of centers you back to um normalcy for a little bit and so i think that kind of is where they have to be and yet at the same time it's so hard to get that out of your mind right um so They've got a a big task in front of them trying to regroup after a disappointing loss uh, on the field and a, just an absolute tragedy off the field to try and get ready for a trip to, to Nebraska. But that is also kind of what they're in, right? I mean, that, that, that's, the, that's the, uh, the sport we're in. It's, it, real life comes at you, and then you have to, you have to, you have to react um, – and try and move on as best you can. And I'm not saying that that's what they're like. You, f- you forget about it tomorrow or you forget about it the next day. You're never going to forget about it, but you have to um, move on. And that's, and that's kind of what they're at uh, at this point to try and move on and fix the issues that happen against Iowa. And there were, unfortunately for them and for- unfortunately for fans, plenty of things to fix when they look at the tape. Yeah. I, I urge everyone to read. I saw Jesse Temple. I Everybody who covers this Wisconsin team has, has had work out recently about the impact. So I urge, I, when it comes to coverage uh, of that, I, I urge you to seek that out through uh, everyone that's that's there and, and writing, uh, covering the team every day. But, I, I mean, when I thought about this show, Zach, I like people, you know, tune in. They, they probably want to hear about the Iowa game, right? So I, I, I don't know, do they? Well, I, you, probably not. You want to, maybe. After what had maybe happened. you want to talk about it. On Saturday. Um, so... Yes, I I didn't want to continue without uh, talking about what had happened and and the the impact of it, the gravity of all of it, and and noting that all of this game talk is a secondary to what is going on in real life. Um, so when you do talk about the game, Wisconsin lost to Iowa on Saturday, Zach. It was a, a twenty-four to ten game. It followed probably the script that many envisioned when it comes to offensive ineptitude on both sides, a lot of defense, a lot of special teams, a lot of punts. National people will get their Big Ten West jokes off, point to this game, say the West has to be disbanded because how can you let a team like Iowa or a team like Wisconsin or whoever, Illinois, go to the Big Ten title? Iowa 24, Wisconsin 10. Total yards. Iowa 146. I can't believe that's a real number. Wisconsin, 227. Iowa had 94 passing yards, 52 rushing yards. Each team averaged under 1.7 yards per attempt on the ground. 
The big difference, obviously, Wisconsin three turnovers to Iowa's one, uh, and Iowa won the time of possession, won the field position battle. I, I think the the most glaring recap of what went on in the field, if if anybody somehow did not watch the game and was maybe thinking about doing it, is that each team had 15 drives. Wisconsin averaged 4.5 plays per drive. Iowa averaged 4.4 points per drive. Wisconsin, 1.1. Or excuse me, that's flipped. Iowa, 1.1. Wisconsin, 0.7. Offensive touchdowns, Iowa, 2. Wisconsin, 1. 3. And punt percentage, Iowa, 30%. Wisconsin, 40. Average drive distance, Iowa, 8.4 yards. Wisconsin, 13.1. It was a uh, run uphill with boulders crashing down on you type of situation for both teams. You threw a bunch of numbers out there, and I think the only one that really matters is 146. That's the, as you mentioned, the yards that Iowa had. That's the fewest they've had in a win since at least 1989, and likely much longer than that. That's the only stat that matters. You lost by 14 points to a team that put up their fewest yards in a game in more than 30 years. That's all that matters. You lost a game because you could not get a punt off, because you could not cover a punt, because you could not catch a punt, because you threw it right to a guy who returned it for a, for a touchdown. That's why you lost the game. You couldn't do the, the minimal things. Your defense played awesome, and yet you could not do these other little things, the minor things, right? Block a guy, catch a ball, don't throw it to the other team when the guy is right in front of you. Those are, those are day one things that you're supposed to be able to do. And Wisconsin could not do it, and they screwed their defense over. 19-yard drive or an 18-yard, uh, what was it, 19-yard touchdown drive, a 17-yard touchdown drive, and a pick six. Those are how Iowa scored their touchdowns. Yep. Give me a break. I think in total in those drives, Iowa had one first down where the fields were so short and then one of the touchdowns was from further out. Zach, I, Zach to me, I guess... When I look, when I sat back and and I think about the game and I rewatch the game and I'm removed from watching it, I disappointing, I, obviously somewhat deflating with Big Brett relinquishing lead in the West and I, giving Wisconsin if they had won maybe an inside track. The context of how that all happened sucked, uh, disappointing to uh, to the highest degree. But I don't think it was that surprising, I guess, in the context of you know this whole season. And, yeah, they they just won two straight against, you know, solid teams, but not great by any means. Defenses that uh, aren't bad defenses by any means, but not great defenses, especially w- when you look across the Big Ten. Every time this team has faced a, a really good front and a really good defense, especially on the road, they have really struggled on offense. And pretty much every time that has resulted in a loss. So when I sit back and think about it, it's like, oh, so those wins the, against Maryland and Purdue, they didn't fix all of the issues that plagued the team and the reason that this team has been struggling and the reason Paul Christ is not the coach anymore. Like Then you go and play a, a real front, probably the best they've played all season, honestly, when you look at that Iowa defense. It kind of makes sense that they would be brought out. All the issues would be brought out again. So I, disappointing is what I would call it, but not surprising. When I look at the context of the whole team, what did we talk about last Thursday? What was going to be the difference? What and I, and I said you you brought up a whole bunch of stuff, and I said what is what's the only thing that matters? Turnovers. Did that matter? It did significantly. It mattered, and I'm going to count the block punt as a turnover because I I mean that that deep in your own in your own zone, like that's 
that's a turnover in my in my opinion. So you lost a turnover battle. You gave you essentially you gave them a touchdown with the interception. Um, so you're not surprised, obviously, and yet you were hoping for more, weren't you? Like you were hoping that they were past some of that stuff, and yet it showed back up because they couldn't protect the quarterback, they couldn't run the ball, and when he was protected, which was to be fair, rare, the passes that he threw were a little high and a little off target. There was very few uh, balls that uh, you know were where he wanted them to be. And he's banged up. He didn't, uh, Graham, Graham Mertz did not speak with reporters after the game because he was getting treatment. Uh, asked him today what he was dealing with and said he'd like to keep that to himself. Um, but it's, and I asked him if it's like the most physical game he's been a part of. He said, I've been a part of a lot of them this year. Yeah. But yeah, this one probably is at the top. And so, yeah, I mean, I, he is, he continually is going to take the blame for everything that has happened to that offense. And uh, a lot of it, I think he, you know, has to own it. But there's so many other aspects of it that are letting them down, and and it and it's really starts. I think, I think, um, with the inability to to run consistently and to pass block consistently. And we thought they had taken a step the previous week against um, Maryland with some of what they were able to do with that offensive line, and um, they didn't. Uh, really, really rough game for that group. Yeah, you you look across the board with this Wisconsin team. They're not like if they had had like let's say the greatest running back known to man or the greatest wide receiver in college football, then maybe things might be a little different. Kind of like what Jack Cohn had in 2019. Right. Or if they had weapons that could change things, but that line played better. Like in 2019. Partially, but just in general, the point is they're not special enough at speaking of things that won't be ever let go. Hey, I well, where we stand now, it still is the last time this team was really good. Yeah. So that's, I guess, kind of what we're grasping onto, looking back to how they can return to it. You're grasping onto it. I, I look at it and say Jonathan Taylor and Quintez Cephas, but go ahead. Okay, but sure. But the point is, they were special enough at running back and had a special wide receiver where things were made very easy, even when the quarterback, Jack Cohn, might not have been that great. Yeah, not NFL level. Yes, exactly. I'll give you that one finally today, November 15th. But this team today is not special enough at wide receiver, Uh, A tight end with Cundiff's injury, which is big, and we'll get to that. They're not special enough at running back, and they're not special enough at quarterback to overcome when their line struggles against a good front, right? Like, we've seen this blueprint. Think back to when Graham Merch started in 2020, and the context has been different. In 2020, the receiver room was ravaged by injuries. There was no real running game, no real uh, running back options. Um, You go to 21, and a lot was at play, but... Every time it feels like they have faced a really good front, kind of an arbitrary metric, but if you go back game by game, and I kind of did, and we could do it, every time they faced a legit front and a legit defense, they have been unable to consistently move the ball and have a good offensive game, even even a pedestrian one to help the defense. So, yeah, that's when I look at all this, and Iowa's defense is that good, I I guess I'm, I'm not... I'm disappointed. I'm not like, it's not the most unexpected loss I've ever seen. You're not surprised, but you're disappointed. You're that parent. I guess. Right? I'm not mad. In a way. I'm just disappointed. On Thursday, I said, I am petrified of this game because I don't think Wisconsin will run the ball well. You're literally petrified of every game they play. 
Not everyone. You've picked against them the last three weeks. Well, I picked that. I picked against them against Michigan State as a bit. Same with Maryland. Uh, I thought and they Purdue? were. Um, I forget. Maybe. But also, it's like you go. No, you you walk around afraid of every other team because you see Wisconsin's warts. Yes, because I see what their struggles are, yeah. and then I'm even more encouraged when they overcome some of them to win. Yeah. But I was petrified they couldn't run the ball, which ended up being true. And then once that happens. They're in clear passing downs. Iowa's secondary is among the best I've ever seen at tipping balls, picking balls, all that stuff. And I, even with Petrus and how bad he is at quarterback, and he didn't have to do anything. But even with him on that side, I thought whichever quarterback made fewer backbreaking mistakes would win the game. And when Wisconsin's on second and 10 and third and 12, I thought it would be them uh, easily. And it was. As much as Spencer Petrus has taken shots uh, for how bad he is, and he is, he hasn't necessarily been a turnover machine, right? Five interceptions coming in into that game. Fumbles a little bit different, but uh, that's necessarily his fault. I think some of that falls on the offensive line. It's not like he's been – look, his, his interception rate, he doesn't throw a ton. Five interceptions might seem a little bit high, but he's, he throws the ball also so hard that sometimes it, it doesn't matter. Uh, that the, the other guys are not going to catch it as opposed to just tossing it up and letting guys call fair catches on them. Um, so that's, yeah. He also, two picks against Ohio State, one yep. against Illinois, two yep. great defenses. Yep. Threw one against Iowa State, who was a good defense, yeah. and he was bad in that game. And then San Diego State, the, the weird one, or South Dakota, whatever it was, at the start of the season. South Dakota State. But yeah, he he didn't need to do that much, and he, he wasn't very good. But he didn't do anything completely backbreaking for the team. And I guess I, I want to get to the punt stuff next because you mentioned the special teams, like everything that could go wrong for Wisconsin did. And when the margin is so thin where you play field position, you know that your offense can't really move, then you have to do everything else well. Wisconsin did not. I want to get to that stuff and a bunch of the other specifics when we return because uh, a, a lot more went on. I, I want to talk about what it means maybe going forward. I, I tweeted something out. Zach, I want to ask you when we come back. Uh, many people had strong reactions to it, as I'm mm. sure uh, you can expect. We'll, we'll discuss that. We will discuss Wisconsin basketball actually is 2-0, and and they beat Stanford on Friday in Milwaukee. We'll talk that game. I, so much more to come. No college football playoff rankings today, which makes me happy. Uh, they are releasing them at halftime of the Champions Classic, which comes after our show is over, mm. I believe so. Uh, so that is uh, something I am very happy to note to everybody. And yeah. Why does th- Michigan State still get to keep playing in all these games where they're not like very good? At least they're not a top 10 ranked team auto to start this season, which feels normal. And then they then drop they as get, the season goes along. They like get to play in all these marquee games and all these marquee classic games. And there's not a very good team this year. Why don't you just get like a really, really good team this year to play in this? I know some of these are like, scheduled a year earlier and like an early in advance, but come on now. Oh, Duke's playing tonight too. I, I'm a noted Duke fan these days. So that Shire patches coach K is the best Duke coach ever. That's going to be a while, but um, so Duke is playing Kansas. I, I think I'm going to start rooting for Duke. Did, did coach K win his final game? Uh, no, no, that's too bad. He did not That sucks uh, in the final four. And still it was, you know, who somehow did who did he lose to? Um, Luster's, North Carolina. Luster's rival. Oh, that's unfortunate. And meanwhile, a coach with all class, one Jay Wright, was on the other side. They lost in the Final Four. And then he retired a couple weeks later. Uh, no one knew it was coming. He just he let the team have their year, make their run, 
and then he stepped away. And obviously someone with true, true class won the national title, right? Bill Self? <laughs> yes, the self-imposed four-game ban. Uh, thank you, Bill, for, for, for doing that. All right. That is Zach Heilprin. I'm Ben Kenny. When we return, we'll get back into Wisconsin-Iowa, talk about the rest of the season. I also have, I, for the sake of throwing it out there, there's still some scenarios where Wisconsin wins the West. Uh, was not my work. I will credit the work when I note it, but that's all coming up next. It's Kenny and Heilprin. This is Kenny and Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. Welcome back. It is Kenny and Heilprin. It is a snowy Tuesday. I uh, I wish snow was falling in Iowa City on Saturday more so than it was. Like I'm talking. I was about to say I woke up and there was there was snow. Oh, I want some collection on the ground type snow. Yeah. Um, but uh-huh. I I will say this. You tweeted a screenshot of one of my tweets at halftime of the game. Like when it was 14 to 10, and after Mertz had thrown the pick six, they come back to Keontes Lewis. Like I had so much fun watching the game. It just sucked how the second half kind of fell off a cliff, right? Like, like I thought it, it played out just as I thought it would. I just hoped that Wisconsin would be the team to capitalize on Peters' mistakes as opposed to the other way around. Watching Nick Herbig ball out was awesome. Keanu Benton uh, was in there early playing well. Rodas Johnson had his name called a lot. Like, the defense balled out. I, I loved watching the matchup play out. It just sucks how the second half went. That wasn't a... Uh, I am on the edge of the cliff about to jump off. I can't believe I'm watching this team game. I had fun. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. No, you didn't. I was even watching with my friend that went to Iowa. I enjoyed the game on Saturday. How drunk were you? I, by the end of pretty. Okay. All right. So that's how you enjoyed it. That's, that's the only way to enjoy it. Cause it was not an, I mean, it just, it wasn't an enjoyable game to watch. I mean, I shouldn't say that defensive purists who love punting. I'm sure it was beautiful. Uh, which I feel like you fall into that category. Um, the fact that your biggest play came out of busted coverage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that not ideal. Yeah. So I, I went back and watched the game on Monday and my overall impressions were I like Brent Moss is their corner is terrific. Wisconsin Riley Moss, Riley Moss, Riley Moss excuse me. Oh, we talk about Brent Moss in a second. Yeah. Yes. His name is in my head. Um, he's terrific. And Wisconsin tried to go after their other corner, but he's like, Brad Davison, dude. He's been out. He's been there forever. Yes. Maybe level to play uh, a little heightened, but still Brad Davison. They had, it, they matched him up on Skylar Bell. Just when Iowa started playing man on Wisconsin's wide receivers, they couldn't do enough against them. And then the throws just weren't made when an opportunity was there. Yeah. I feel like uh, again, you rewatched it and that's fine. It felt like in the moment, there were some guys open and there were some missed throws. Um, I'm thinking of one across her to, to Skylar Bell where he was wide open. That was the big one. And yep. he missed him. And it and it mattered because <laughs> we haven't talked about this at all, but Braylon Allen, the way he was running, you know, I think, I don't know if it was that same, it might have been that same drive. He breaks it outside and it's, you know, it's second down. It could have been second and it could have been third and one. Instead, it's because he runs out of bounds. It's third and four, and they get they don't they don't get the first down. And um, yeah, it was just a lot of that in the second half. So here's what I tweeted earlier today: a general query for the show. Wisconsin lost to Iowa on Saturday because Iowa's defense is that good, 
or other, which is uh, things on the Wisconsin side of the ball. Which side of the fence do you fall? Because to me, I I look at the matchup and the contest, I kind of chalk that up to Iowa's defense being that good. Iowa won because their special teams significantly outplayed Wisconsin special teams. So here's my thing on the punts. Just, 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 just listen to this. Yeah. Where was, how were the two touchdown drives set up? A punt return and a punt block. Yeah. And why was Wisconsin punting for so deep in its territory on that 41-yard return? A missed targeting call. Why was Wisconsin punting from where they were uh, late on that, with that 41-yard return? Because the offense was quite stagnant. For heck's sake, just say it. Dean Ingram didn't want to didn't want to catch a ball. True, and it dribbled down to the one yard line, and they they were able to push out a little bit. But yes, the missed targeting call was a bunch of BS. The not even calling the running into the kicker, even if it even if it's just a five yard penalty and they have to re kick it, okay, it's not a forty one yard return. It's I mean it's yeah. So they lost that game in my mind. Iowa's defense is very good. There's no doubt about that. Very very good. Fourteen points came off of special teams that and the defense didn't play very good adversity defense. I'll say that Iowa's def- offense did absolutely nothing except for the one drive that set up the, the final field goal. Otherwise they were trash. So yes, I'm going to sit here and say Wisconsin special teams mistakes did them in more so than Iowa's defense. I guess when I think about the defense and this is a, a you know, tomato, tomato thing where one could look at the reason they were punting 300 times and like, the whole thing with getting a punt blocked, I, I guess when you play with the fire that Iowa special teams are, because they have a top-notch unit nationally every season, when you play with that fire so often by punting pretty much every possession you have, then I felt like one of those was bound to get blocked or bound to be returned well. So when I look, I it's a you know tomato-tomato cause-and-effect thing. The worst part about the special teams is what you mentioned – what I forgot about for a second is Dean Engram not catching the ball because that would have changed the game. It's not going to change the game. I use change the game loosely. Very. Because loosely. I thought when Iowa got up 21 to 10 after the big punt return and the touchdown, the game felt over. Yeah. Because Wisconsin couldn't do anything on offense. When they were, Wisconsin was still down 14 to 10, I thought still the defense, the Badger defense, could make a play, turn Petrus over, and maybe shift the game where it felt like that was the game-winning play right there. So I guess when I look at that sequence with the not catching the ball uh, and letting it dribble down, the targeting thing, that's why I say change the game. It's because at least you would have given the Badger defense one more shot to turn Petrus over, which he like he will do. So that's why I say uh, the, the changing the game part. But yeah, the Ingram no-catch was the worst part of it to me. Not the worst part, but it was bad. I mean, not covering a punt. Putting the ball... <laughs> supposed to be putting the ball left and you put it right bit of an issue yes there was a look again special teams after special teams thing the uh i did find it funny that you know, john torchio not maybe fans won't find it funny but um he was taught he was asked about the defense and how it was so good and and all that and then i'm like um so special teams and, and he's like yeah that was i i <clears throat> f that up um and I asked him what happened on the kick, and he goes, "That dude was biggish." Mm. He mm. just and he just, yeah, ran, ran, uh, made one wrong step, and he ran right through it. So, I I guess when we look forward, 
because I the biggest thing under Leonard is will and assuming he gets the job, which I think he will. The biggest thing is will Wisconsin's offense line quarterback play everything improve enough where when they play defenses like this, they're actually able to dictate the game and play it on their terms. Cause that game I, for the first quarter when Wisconsin had better field position and they kicked the field goal and you felt like it was kind of being played on Wisconsin's terms. And then as time went on and yes, more Tory Taylor punts as he got going, as I texted you, Zach, Tory Taylor is a, once he gets to punt eight, he's a baller. Maybe for the first four, he struggles. Dean Ingram allowed him to be a baller in the second half. I'm not going to directly argue with that, but it was good. It was a little windy out there. Yeah, no, there were a couple times where the ball got up in the air and just died. And, and Andy Vujinovic said as much afterwards. There were there were some punts that he thought he got a hold of. And as soon as he got up above a certain spot on the field, because on the field, it wasn't that windy. But like once he got up a little bit. It was uh, the, the the flags at the top of the stadium going crazy. The flags on the on the goalpost not so much. I, so when we talk about what can what it means going forward, if there are long term stuff, because the West is pretty much out of reach. I'll get to the very outlandish scenarios in a second. But big picture stuff when you look forward and look at this game and look at this season. Number one under Leonard is can the offense perform against good defenses? Right? Because I I look back and. Every Mertz game, every game since Mertz took over as starter against what I would call a good defense has gone poorly or mostly poorly, except for last year against Iowa, where they were handed the ball on the one yard line and the two yard line a couple times. Um, and that and will Jim Leonard prioritize special teams? He was asked about it after the game on Saturday, and he said, we need a dynamic special teams. Special teams are extremely important. I mean, he made as big of an impact on special. Maybe, uh, maybe that's a little bit too much. He made a significant impact on special teams during his career. It was a huge part of like who he was, and I mean, he had three returns for touchdowns. He's still the all-time leader in punt return yardage at Wisconsin. So that he had a huge part of it, and he played in a bunch of different on uh, a bunch of different teams. The question is, how do you go about it? There are some that will say, "Give us a dedicated special teams coach. That's what you need," and there are others that will say, "No." You have 10 assistants, they can all chip in, and you can have an extra coach to do other other things. I He was asked about it again today. He goes, I don't, you know, it's it's one of those things that we'll look into and, and decide. He didn't, it, it, if I had to guess, if he went in, he's named head coach, I think he'll have a dedicated special teams coach. But I kind of feel like that guy has to be more than what Chris Herring was. Like, he has to be more than just working with the kickers when when nothing else is going on. Like, there has to be more to it. Uh, than than what Chris Herring is because what these guys do or what they did I should say is you still had other coaches working with Chris Herring during the special teams periods it wasn't Chris Herring by himself you know obviously uh, Taylor Melhoff is a special teams assistant and, and still you know and still is and works with the kickers now and, and did before too but you know I would watch practice and Chris Herring would work like with the um the long snappers like that's what he would do so it has to be more than that. it has to be more than that, and I and again I know there's so much that goes off the field and that goes into it and planning and all that good stuff, but um, they need. Uh, I I'm of the opinion they don't, but I think they probably will. I just know his name won't be Chris Herring. I I know you didn't watch the television broadcast in real time, but 
the broadcast showing clips of LeVar, LeVar Woods, excuse me, uh, the Iowa special teams coach out on the field pregame with a ribbon testing the wind and trying to get every advantage kind of sunk that knife deeper when it comes to um, Wisconsin and maybe the possibility there and, and maybe what has to improve. Because Iowa's always up there and they win games with it. So hopefully there can be some path to replicate what Iowa has in that regard. Uh, and I, I mean, my final game note was no suits off the bus and no context to that one. Honestly, I think we will retire please, those notes. Please. Yeah. Either that or go back and add it all up. One or the other. You can't just be doing this on a weekly basis without having any thing to base it on from previous seasons. Like they have been videoing these walk-ins for how many years? You could go back and find the video of every single time they got off the bus at every single game they've been a part of for the last eight or nine years. Either do that or drop it. I think it'll be dropped. That's or, the last say, or, or allow somebody else or have somebody else go and do it. Um, I, have, it have an intern go and do it. Huh. I, I don't have an intern. Uh, and then, Zach, uh, last thing. Uh, do you want to get outlandish before Please. we talk Wisconsin basketball? Oh, I know what this is going to be. So I'll let you handle this. There are four scenarios where Wisconsin still wins the West. Um, all of them are. Uh, Does anybody want this? Well, do you there, want this? There's no way to. I'll give one. Do you, but no, but do you want this? No, not at all. I don't want to. I, I can say the same about every team in the Big Ten West, except maybe Iowa, because they're playing well and they might deserve it. None of these teams deserve to play in Indy, given what we've seen Iowa throughout the season. Iowa to play in Indy? Well, I mean, they're playing the best football right now. And if they win the next three games, they would like they are playing the best out of all the teams. Their defense is playing awesome. Their special team is awesome. Their offense is crap. It played well against. No, it didn't. Northwestern against a real team. If we're not going to give Wisconsin credit for if you're not going to if you're going to say anything that Wisconsin did against Purdue and Northwestern and Maryland doesn't matter, which it didn't obviously against Iowa, then what Iowa did against Purdue and Northwestern does not matter either because we saw what it happens when they play a defense that's got a pulse. So stop saying they've been playing better. They haven't been. They ran up against a defense that actually can stop somebody, and that's what happened. They had 146 yards of offense. 146 yards. Stop trying to have this narrative that Iowa's offense is playing well. Their defense is playing great. Their special teams got some breaks, and that's who they are. They will get their butts kicked by Iowa, or excuse me, by Michigan or Ohio State. It doesn't matter. Obviously. So stop saying they deserve it. They're playing great. No, I'm saying they're playing well. I started that sentence by saying nobody does. I said if anybody does, Iowa's playing the best football. The difference is Iowa set the bar so hilariously low at the start of the season where their output was historically bad, and now it's bad, but it's not as bad. I'm just giving them credit for getting better. Historically bad. They had the fewest yards that they've had in a game that they won in at least 33 years. And that that was as back far as I could go. If I could go further back, I bet you it's like the the worst they've had in like the last 50 years. I think you're missing my point. I'm, I'm not saying they're good. I'm saying out of the teams in the Big Ten West... They're playing the best? Right now they are. Their defense and their special teams are playing well. At least qualify it. You if you qualify it, I'll let, I'll let this be. But that's part of the t- that's their game plan, and that's part of the team. I, okay, their defense and special teams are winning games. But out of all the teams in the West, they're 
they're clearly oh, playing off- the best complete. Their offense has made strides. They're not playing complimentary football. No, they're not, but they're... Uh, I'm not saying they are playing good offensive football. I'm saying them as a team are playing good enough football to be playing the best out of a terrible, worst-in-the-country division. And it, the whole point was nobody deserves to go. If anybody does, they're probably playing the best right now. So I'll, I'll drop the whole how Wisconsin can, can win the West thing. When, when, he, when you say they, it encompasses the entire team. I know. And, and, then you, and then when I said, no, their offense is horrible, you pointed to what they did against Purdue and Northwestern. And I will sit there and say, no. Okay. That's, uh, that, that was my point. I will give you that. It is Kenny and Heilprin. When we return, <laughs> Wisconsin basketball beats Stanford. And I, I can't wait for this Big Ten West season to be over. I, I pray <laughs> Purdue doesn't win it because out of anything, I would like to hang on to that one, even though now they're kind of a contender, despite all I've said. You're going to owe an apology to a certain quarterback. Well, they don't deserve to make it. AOC didn't play that well against Illinois. Oh, but their defense was awesome. <sighs> Wisconsin-Stanford, when we return. It's Kenny and Heilprin. <laughs> This is Kenny and Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. Welcome back. It is Kenny and Heilprin. Coming up Thursday, Monk's Bar and Grill, 5 to 6, Sun Prairie. Come hang out. Packers play. So come hang out, watch the show, watch the Packers game afterwards. They got game day specials going on. Monk's Sun Prairie across the state as well. Find all of the locations. So, uh, Zach, Wisconsin basketball is 2-0. and And uh, I guess this is the classic, like when the Brewers struggle and collapse in September when their GM trades away their top closer, you get more excited for football season because then you can just forget about the Brewers for a okay. bit was, and focus just, on the just Packers. Trying, just trying to figure out where you're going with this. Like I thought you were comparing the Brewers to, to like the Like sometimes baseball is used as that just carry me over to football. Unless the team's good and then, you know, you get into it. But and when then, it comes to... And then you get your hopes and dreams crushed. Exactly. That's usually how it ends. When it comes to this basketball season, given the football season and what's going on, like now that the West is pretty much out of reach... And again, there are four scenarios. And if you really want them, I'll tweet them at you because Zach clearly doesn't really want to entertain. That's not what I said. I said, do you really want to do this to yourself? I'm not really doing anything to myself. I said a a month ago, maybe a month and a half ago, that I was like out. Yeah, but then you bought back in. No, I was excited. Yeah, I was going to say you bought back in. We all saw your flow chart. Right. The, we saw the flow chart. Oh, that no, that was for work. <laughs> that was something I had to do for work. I have never publicly said I was back in, which is why I wasn't that surprised about the Iowa game. You, you picked against them because you wanted them to win those games. Oh, I want them to win every game. Obviously, I watch. I, I watch and I want them to win every single game they play. But when I you think pick against, and, you don't pick against because you think they're going to lose. You pick against them because you think it's somehow going to make them win. Exactly to to help them win. Yeah. I, you know how our picks go. Speaking of picks, by the we way, we can do that on Thursday. We can talk um, about that on Thursday. Uh, interesting week. I went. Well, so what? So basketball. Wisconsin two and zero. They took care of Stanford on Friday night. That was that was a cool environment. It was a really cool environment uh, at American <laughs> Family Field. Like I, have you ever been in like in a, in a cool environment like like that you've ever seen like a basketball game or a football game in a stadium that like where it shouldn't have been played? Huh. Do, you, do you remember any of that? Have you ever done that? Um, no. Did you watch it? Did you go to the, well, you weren't a Wisconsin person back then. So I was going to ask you if you went to the final fours. I did not. I I have not been to a final. I've been to a March Madness game 
but it was in a NBA arena and right. it was normal. Yeah. Yeah, this was unique. This was unique. Um, neither team really shot it very well, but I thought the overall product, like how they did it, was was really well put together. I think some of the seat, seating, uh, I know people couldn't always always see it. It was difficult. It was difficult, but um, I thought overall it was a really, really good uh, product and 18,000 people there, and the game itself went off uh, exactly how Wisconsin wanted it to go off uh, by winning which is all that matters. Some of the shooting, not ideal, but yeah, it was, I mean, it was a fun environment. I'll say that. And yeah. now, now they're getting ready to play UW Green Bay tonight. It looked interesting on television. Some of the wires from the uh, cameras were near half court, but not at half court. So sometimes when Chucky Eppern would dribble the ball back, I thought he was passing the half court line okay. and I got scared. That was the only critique I'll have. Aside it, it, some of the overall, you know, shots of the stadium and Bucky Badger going down the slide. We don't need that. No. We saw one of the Dodgers TV guys break his arm doing it. Yeah, that, but that's why, uh, what's his name? Uh, Bernie? Uh, Bernie. Bernie was down at the bottom of the slide making sure that was not going to happen. I know. I just, I, we don't and, need. And Bucky didn't have, like, wasn't going down on the, uh, what would they have on, uh, like, the potato sack that makes you, like, it kind of, like, speeds it up a little bit. So th- there was none of that. And he doesn't do that many push-ups for touchdowns these days. I mean, he, he doesn't, so he, he needs this physical activity. Yes. Um, in terms of the game itself, though, uh, and yes, UW-Green Bay tonight, the Kamari-McGee revenge game. I don't know what the revenge is for. I wanted to ask him that on Twitter, but I know how sensitive you get when I reply to you on Twitter, so I didn't no, do it. No, revenge means nothing. It's just okay. like All right. he used to be on UW-Green Bay. He transferred to Wisconsin. So now he's was playing his former team. So I feel like it's like a UW-Green Bay revenge game for him leaving them. I would say so. But it's like in the NFL when a free agent signs elsewhere and then he's playing his old team. There isn't. It's not real revenge, but he's playing his old team. The Stanford game, though, um, Connor Asijan, I'm all in. That's my official statement. I've, okay. I've already said that this is at least to my half a Jordan Turner, uh, Jordan Davis show. I I am excited for him this season. I think the shots will fall, even though they still haven't yet. And I'm also saying I'm in on Connor Asijan. I completely. thought Jordan Davis had a great game against Stanford. He, he played th- awesome. 13 points. It wasn't necessarily the the outside shooting that some people think that he can give them, and I I, I would agree, uh, but doing all the, I know it's so cliche, but doing all the little things, and his offensive, re- like the, his offensive rebound off of Tyler uh, Walls missing the and one was huge. It was a huge four-point swing, but Wisconsin up double digits. It was, I thought that was great. Um, he did a lot of the things that uh, lead to opportunities to get 13 points. So, yeah, and it, that was good. The, the biggest, though, was Connor Asijan being able to come off the bench after Max Kleisman gets the two fouls and not being a complete disaster on the defensive end, which I think a lot of people have been worried about. He was not whatsoever. I would call him feisty. He's feisty. He's on defense. Right, and there's going to be tougher matchups, but he was actually forced to, go, forced to go on Jones there for a little bit and more than held his own. So I thought that was a great indicator of where he's at and where he will continue to be. The fact that he's willing, a willing defender, I think is as important as anything because a lot of defending is effort and being being willing to go through it. And right now he knows that that's how he's going to be able to get his shots at the other end. I think he put up nine shots. Is that accurate? I need to check. Oh, I, th- I thought you might have been looking at the stats here. Yes, I nine. Three, three, three for nine. Nine shots as a true freshman. Just does not care. Yeah, and I fires. Think, and you know what? I think most people are okay with it. Even, oh. though, even though all of them did not find the bottom of the net. Yeah, especially when you, you look at the team and 
when Chucky Eppern and Tyler Wall aren't on the court, like you, you wonder where the bench offense will come from. Yeah. And that's a clear, okay, it could come from that. That's a spark plug that you could be looking at. Uh, my only other thought was I'm excited to see what Chris Hodges could bring off the bench. The, the size is there. Um, mm. There was one exciting rebound, and then it got blocked, but the, the rebound excited me. The rebound was great. Yes. The, the, the tr- uh, put back a 10. I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's a, just a Wisconsin thing, but their refusal to dunk the ball in those situations just could not be more infuriating. Uh, something to monitor. Maybe the sight lines were weird. It's a... It, Playing in a baseball stadium. going out for a dunk? Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's Zach Heilprin. I'm Ben Kenny. Final segment when we return. It's Kenny and Heilprin. This is Kenny and Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. All right. Welcome back in. Zach could also not go about this show. Um, Without mentioning, at least at the end, I, Wisconsin plays Nebraska. We'll talk about that game on Thursday a bit, as well as Wisconsin versus Green Bay. We'll recap that. Um, but former Wisconsin running back Brent Moss, it was uh, the news came out uh, during the weekend or early this week that he passed away at the age of 50. Yeah, so it came out Sunday before all the Devin Chandler news broke. So it came out Sunday night and or Sunday afternoon. Really, really tough. Uh, he, he battled some demons, um, obviously. But he was the beginning of running back U. He was he ran for almost 1,700 yards in 1993. It was Wisconsin won their first Big Ten title in 31 years. Went to the Rose Bowl, won it. He was the MVP of that game. Scored a couple of touchdowns. He was uh, as tough of a guy and as tough as a runner as you're ever going to find. It was awesome uh, to watch him play. Uh, Barry Alvarez had said that if he needed one yard, and he coached a lot of really good running backs, if he needed one yard. Brent Moss was his guy. I saw that clip resurface again. And yeah. it's, uh, yeah, fantastic. Uh, fantastic running back. Really, really sad that, that he is out. He, uh, when I think of that 1993 team, his prance after his first touchdown at the Rose Bowl is what is one of the ones that comes to mind. Really, really tough news for him. Yeah. And for uh, people that loved the, <clears throat> loved the Badgers back all the way then. Yeah, and thoughts, thoughts go out um, there as well. All right. That is going to do it for us. An interesting Tuesday, a, a, a snowy Tuesday. We will talk to you again come Thursday, Monks Barn Grill, Sun Prairie. See ya. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.